2: Just a quick warning about Unsolved Murders. Kids under 13 may find aspects of our program a little scary, so listener discretion is advised. Enjoy the show. Let me tell you something about Bugsy Siegel.
3: We go in, we take the money, we get out. You sure about this, Ben? It'll be easy. What can go
2: wrong? Are you really asking that? Come on, live a little. Bugsy never hesitated when danger threatened.
1: Look out! Everybody down! You son of a...
2: While we tried to figure out what the best move was, Bugsy was already shooting. Then we got the paper on him. Consider it already done. When it came to action, there was no one better.
4: Why are we out here in the desert?
2: Not the desert. An
3: oasis. Can't you picture it?
4: Picture what?
3: The finest hotel, the finest food, and the finest entertainment. Gambling, booze, broads, all legal. What do you think, Virginia?
4: I think you're crazy.
2: I've never known a man who had more guts. Ah! Welcome to Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Wendy McKenzie. Today, we're opening our investigation into the murder of one of the country's most notorious gangsters, Bugsy Siegel.
5: Who was shot down one evening in 1947 while sitting in the living room of a giant Beverly Hills mansion.
2: It is still an open case for the Beverly Hills Police Department.
5: And next to the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa, it remains America's greatest unsolved mob mystery.
2: This is episode nine of Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, and episode one of Bugsy Siegel. If you want to review an episode of Unsolved Murders or to hear our investigation into other cases, you can find them all on your favorite podcast directory. Don't forget to subscribe. You can also listen on our website, parcast.com, spelled P A R C A S T.com. A new episode currently comes out every other Tuesday. Some exciting news. Starting Tuesday, September 6th, we will have new episodes out every single Tuesday. Thank you all for the support. And now, back to Bugsy Siegel. He was born Benjamin Siegel in 1906 in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, to a poor Jewish family from an area of Russia now in the Ukraine. Benjamin! Yeah, Pop? Stop hitting your brother! He was the second of five children, and his parents, Max and Jenny, struggled to get by.
4: How are we gonna pay for that? Don't worry. But we're broke, Max.
1: We'll find a way
2: and Benjamin made a vow to himself. Scrambling to get two cents to rub together? That's not gonna be me. He would rise above that life and accumulate money and power. And he did. But that's still a ways off. Benjamin? Yeah, Pop? What did you study in school today? I don't
5: know. Stuff. I sense young Mr. Siegel is not the school type.
2: He wasn't. He soon dropped out. Benny, where were you today? Playing hooky? Why do I want to sit all cramped up there when I could be out on the streets? He fell in with a crowd on Lafayette Street in Manhattan, doing petty thefts. Hey you, stop! Run! And by the age of 14, he had formed his first gang. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna provide
3: protection for the pushcart vendors. Protection? Yeah. They give us the money, we make sure
5: nothing happens to their cart. How are you gonna get them to go for that? Just watch. And how to start his first racket had a very Bugsy Siegel solution. Hey, mister. What do you want?
3: As a pushcart vendor, I'm sure you know, this ain't the safest neighborhood. Stuff gets stolen, vandalized. I can look out for myself. Now we're going to look out for you. Protection. You give us a dollar every month, nothing's going to happen to your cart. Scram, kid. I'm working here. Wrong answer. Hey, what are you doing? That's kerosene. What are you doing? Where's my dollar? You set my cart on fire. Where's my dollar? You're crazy! Every month, got it? Okay. All
2: right. Good. Tell your friends. Cold, ruthless, fearless, and not afraid to take action, it would become the hallmark of Benjamin Bugsy Siegel. Still just a teenager, Bugsy Siegel had already embarked on a criminal career. Hold them up, boys pleasure doing business with you. And some of his fellow miscreants would become lifelong associates on the wrong side of the law.
5: Such as?
2: Mo Sedway. Ben, let me do the talking this time. Mo, it goes a lot faster if I do, it just
3: gotta be done. You don't always need to put a target on your back. It's not safe. If you want safe, you're in the wrong
2: business. As well as the infamous Meyer Lansky.
1: Given the take, we're looking at a three-way split of $34.16 uh, a piece.
2: Meyer. How do you do those figures so fast in your head?
5: It's just math, Ben. Seems like quite a colorful neighborhood.
2: It was. In fact, there was another acquaintance from Brooklyn.
5: How you doing, Benny?
2: Great, Al. Who Bugsy helped hide out after he was charged with murder. I
1: need a place to lay low.
2: Al, you can stay with my aunt. This gangster would go on to power in his own criminal enterprise.
1: I'm like any other man. All I do is supply a demand
2: once he relocated to the city of Chicago.
1: When I sell liquor, it's called bootlegging. When my patrons serve it on Lakeshore Drive, it's called hospitality.
2: Eventually working his way to the top of the Chicago mob.
1: You can get much further with a kind word and a gun than you can with a kind word alone.
5: Al Capone? That's right.
1: That dirty double-crosser. I want him
2: dead. But back to Brooklyn, where Bugsy Siegel and Meyer Lansky were forming a partnership.
5: How did he get the name Bugsy?
2: It was a nickname that came from how sometimes he acted out of control.
3: That
5: miserable son of a gun.
2: I'll strangle the life out of him.
5: So he had a temper.
2: Well, it got people close to him talking.
5: Did you see that?
2: That's Benny for you. Crazy as a bed bug. You're telling me. He ought to be called Bugsy. Bugsy? <laughs> That's right, Bugsy Siegel. But the name was one that Bugsy himself couldn't stand. As he once told a reporter. My friends call me Ben.
3: Strangers call me Mr. Siegel, and guys I don't like call me Bugsy.
5: I wouldn't want to be one of those guys that he doesn't like.
2: And with good reason. Remember that guy that was giving us a problem? Because guys Ben Siegel didn't like ended up dead. He's not going to be a problem anymore. Bugsy Siegel had a reputation that even his fellow mobsters respected. As one high-ranking mob boss observed,
3: You don't want to get on the wrong side of Ben Siegel. He's the most dangerous man in America.
2: While still a teenager, Bugsy Siegel had teamed up with Meyer Lansky to form the Bugs and Meyer Mob.
1: Ben, guys like us need to stick together.
2: You mean Jewish guys?
1: Yeah, it works for the Irish and the Italians. We're stronger as a unit.
3: Don't worry, Meyer. I always got your back.
2: Their primary activities were car thefts. Almost there. Got it.
3: And off we go.
2: And gambling. You want to start a dice game in this neighborhood? You talk to us. It's got to be a sanctioned game. But a new law that went into effect in 1920 gave a big boost to their criminal enterprise. Prohibition. That's right. Under the terms of the 18th Amendment, the country went dry on January 17th, 1920.
5: Which was a boom to the bootlegging trade.
2: And the Bugs and Meyer mob moved heavily into that business. Are you sure this is where the delivery's being made? My tip is solid. Just sitting here is driving me
1: nuts. Relax. They'll be here. Here we go. Hey, you!
3: Get out of the truck! What? Get out or the next one goes through you.
2: Alright, alright! But you're messing with the wrong guy. Is that right? You know who this belongs to? Yeah, us. The gang kept busy hijacking the liquor of their rivals.
5: That sounds pretty dangerous.
2: Without question. It was extremely dangerous, extremely violent, and extremely lucrative. They're gonna come after us, and they're gonna come hard.
1: Is that the smart move for them? These
3: guys don't think in percentages, Meyer. It's us, or it's them. Are we in
5: trouble
1: here?
3: Don't worry. It's gonna be them.
5: So Meyer was the brains, and Bugsy was the muscle. That's an oversimplification.
2: As much as Bugsy was an enforcer, he could run his own operation, and eventually he would.
5: But still, they seem like an odd pairing.
2: Make no mistake, they were tight.
5: Are you thinking
2: what I'm thinking, Ben? You know I am. It wasn't just a business relationship. First, they had the common background of growing up Jewish at a time when the country wasn't that hospitable to immigrants. Second, they had bonded over their struggles coming up through the ranks. Maya, get down! Insiders say there were times when Bugsy literally saved Lansky's life. That was a close one. Mr. Spy a mile. And finally, even though both could be ruthless operators, their greatest talent was with people. As much as Bugsy Siegel was feared and respected, and he was, he was liked. Mr. Siegel,
3: it's great to see you. Please, call me Ben. Let me show you to the table.
2: Hello, ladies.
4: Hi, Ben.
2: Look who's here. It's Ben. Don't stop the party on account of me. Another round? And Meyer Lansky wasn't just an accountant working the money angles. He knew how to deal with people. I spoke to him, and it's taken care of. Are you sure? Trust me, I'm sure. And because of that quality, Lansky was able to reach out to friends in the Italian mob and form an alliance. Like Hyman Roth in The Godfather. Exactly. In fact, the character of Hyman Roth was
5: modeled after Meyer Lansky. And who was modeled after Bugsy Siegel? Mo Green. Mo Green? You mean the character who went out to Vegas in uh, the- Stop. You don't want to spoil
2: anything. All right. But I see... We'll get there soon enough. Because Bugsy Siegel would eventually head west. But for now, he was in New York. And along with Meyer Lansky, they were about to risk everything in a bid that would either give them more power or end their lives.
0: Our story will continue in a moment after the break. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some...
2: The late 1920s were a good time to be Bugsy Siegel. He took an apartment at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel. Welcome back, Mr. Siegel. Should I take the bag up to your room? He enjoyed the nightlife in New York City. What's the password? Applesauce. Come on in. He was young, popular, and good looking.
4: Hi, I'm Ben.
5: Hi, Ben. Where did you get those blue eyes?
2: Don't believe it, but the
5: word on the street is that I stole him. So, it was definitely a good time to be Bugsy Siegel.
2: But, even as he was romancing the ladies, he was still involved with his childhood sweetheart, Esther Krakauer. Ah, the old double life. And in January of 1929, he and Esther were married. Do you, Benjamin, take
3: Esther to be your lawfully wedded wife?
2: I do. And it wouldn't be long until one child came along. It's a girl. And then another. Congratulations, it's another girl. Meanwhile, on the professional front... The gangster business. Meyer Lansky had been contracting out their gang as enforcers to bootleggers. I'm sure we can make an arrangement if you want us to protect that shipment. And they were in particularly tight with the rising power in the Italian mob, Charles Lucky Luciano. Maya, we are the future. No question. But is it time to make our move? Luciano was still a couple rungs down from the top. And with the assistance of Bugsy Siegel... What do you say, Ben? You know I'm with you guys. Either it works or we're dead. So we'll make it work. They were about to make a play and take out their boss, Joe Masseria.
5: So it was all on the line.
2: The hit came at a Coney Island restaurant, after Luciano excused himself to use the bathroom. In walked Bugsy Siegel and three others. Ah!
5: And that was the end of Joe Masseria.
2: But would the bold move be rewarded? or punished.
1: How can you guys just sit there? Be patient, Ben.
2: Make sure you stay away from the windows. There's the call. Hello? The move proved successful, and Luciano was given his old boss's rackets. Still, there was tension between him and the man who called himself the boss of bosses, Salvatore Maranzano.
5: And when you say tension,
2: I mean two powerful men who realize they are both after the same prize.
5: Which makes for an uneasy peace.
2: And it didn't last long. When word got out that Maranzano had hired an Irish hitman to kill Lucky Luciano, Luciano realized he had to strike first. Ben, can you take care of this? I can handle it. He sent in men disguised as government agents.
1: IRS, we need
2: to see the books. Some reports say Bugsy Siegel was one of the undercover operatives. Others said he just recruited them. Either way, Sal Maranzano was first stabbed and then shot.
5: And that was the end of Sal Maranzano.
2: It's done. At the end of 1931, Lucky Luciano was now the reigning boss in New York City. And by his side were Meyer Lansky and Bugsy Siegel. After eliminating his competitors, Lucky Luciano brought together the five families in New York to do business a new way. We're going to do things differently from now on. We're forming the Commission. We'll work together instead of fighting each other. Everyone gets along, everyone makes money. Meanwhile, Meyer and Bugsy were forming a group of hitmen who would provide contract murders for the Commission.
1: No more going off half-cocked. If someone's gonna be taken out, it has to be
2: sanctioned. Later, the press would call this arrangement Murder Incorporated.
5: You have to give the press credit. They came up with a colorful name, Ben. There's a matter that needs to be taken care of.
2: Consider it done. They set it up to run in a very business-like way. The syndicate would decide who would be targeted, and it was farmed out to a contractor on the payroll, insulating those who made the decision. Yeah. This is Lewis.
1: I got a name for you.
2: I'm listening.
1: Dutch Schultz.
2: Got it. Later, it was estimated that Murder Incorporated carried out hundreds of killings, including 30 by Bugsy Siegel.
5: Ben, what are you doing here? So now Meyer and Bugsy were at the top of the game with money and power and not a rival in sight. Don't kid
2: yourself. There are always rivals.
5: And who was it now?
2: Around this time, Meyer and Bugsy had problems with a fellow mobster named Waxy Gordon, and they helped put him away by providing information on his tax evasion to the DA.
5: I'm guessing Waxy did not take kindly to that.
2: He did not. I want them dead. So Waxy hired the Fabrizo brothers to take out Meyer and Bugsy. The Fabrizo brothers? Three brothers who worked in the rackets. Legend has it that the Fabrizo brothers tried to lower a bomb down the chimney at Meyer Lansky's office. Bugsy spotted it.
3: What the? Get down, Meyer!
2: And threw it out the window.
1: Are you all right, Meyer? Yeah, 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 I'm fine. Those sons of bitches. They could have blown us to kingdom come. They didn't. But
2: they could have. An enraged Bugsy killed two of the Fabrizio brothers. And that left Tony Fabrizio.
5: What did Bugsy do?
2: First, he checked into a hospital. I'm not feeling right, Doc. I need a full workup. We'll keep you overnight for observation. Then, in the middle of the night... Ben! Do you have the uniforms in the car?
1: We're all set.
2: He snuck out of the hospital and went to Tony Fabrizo's home, where he was disguised as a police detective. Open up! Police! Oh, what are you doing here in the middle of the night?
5: And that was the end of the last Fabrizo brother.
2: Then Bugsy snuck back into the hospital.
5: Okay, the coast is clear. Let's go. Don't forget
1: to put on your hospital gown. I got it. You want me to tuck you in? Scram.
3: So
2: he could have an alibi. I had nothing to do with it. I was in the hospital all night. Check the records. It was bold. It was audacious. Unfortunately, no one was buying it.
1: Ben, the heat is really on here. Don't sweat it, Maya. We need to take care of you. Maybe get you out of town for a while.
2: It was time for Bugsy Siegel to make a big move and head to California. Find out what happens to Bugsy Siegel in Beverly Hills right after this.
5: I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about our sponsor, Third Love. Ladies, their 24-7 t-shirt bra is so comfortable. It molds to your shape to give you the truly perfect fit. While comfort is important, some of you out there will agree with me that style is just as important and the t-shirt bra goes with every outfit. The design is elegant and classy, with the gold hardware and pleated straps. The best part, it's free for Unsolved Murder listeners to try out. Third Love stands behind this product so much that they're willing to let you try the t-shirt bra for free. All you will be charged for is shipping. Wear it for 30 days. You can even take the tags off. Wear it, wash it. If you love it, keep it, and they'll charge your card. If you don't love it, send it back for free, and your card will not be charged. Don't know your size? Their friendly online fit specialist will help you find your perfect fit. Go to thirdlove.com/unsolved to get started. That's thirdlove.com/u n s o l v e d.
2: The heat was on Bugsy Siegel from the Fabrizio killings. Plus, he wanted his family to be safer. The time was right for him to head out west.
5: California, here he comes.
2: Bugsy had been making regular trips to Los Angeles anyway to develop the mob's gambling rackets being run by L.A. boss Jack Dragna. Jack? Ben! How are our numbers?
1: Couldn't be better.
2: Oh yeah? When Bugsy made the permanent move to Los Angeles, Jack Dragna was asked to take a subordinate role as word came from Luciano himself. It's in your best interest to cooperate.
5: That couldn't have made Dragna happy.
2: It didn't. But knowing Bugsy's reputation for violence and that the power of the organization was behind him, what choice did he have?
5: Then, whatever I can do to help, just let me know. I'm not sure Dragna is being sincere.
2: Maybe he wasn't. As we've already seen, there's often that tension in the mob chain of command.
5: You gotta keep your eye on the underboss.
2: Bugsy was also infiltrating the local unions. We got the Teamsters and the Screen Actors Guild.
5: The Screen Actors Guild? Is Benjamin Siegel going Hollywood?
2: In a big way. He loved the glitz and glamour of the movie industry, and would throw lavish parties at his Beverly Hills home. Come in. Thanks for making it. He knew actor George Raft from growing up together in New York. George. Hello, Ben. Tell me about your latest picture. He was friends with actors Gary Cooper, Cary Grant, and Clark Gable.
1: So I told the director, if you want Cagney, you should have hired Cagney.
2: He was chummy with studio executives Lewis Mayer and Jack Warner. Gentlemen, let's have a cigar. He was particularly close to actress Jean Harlow. Jean, I'd be honored if you'd be the godmother of my daughter Millicent. He also gained the respect and admiration of younger stars like Tony Curtis, Phil Silvers, and Frank Sinatra. Ben, you gotta join us
5: for a drink. Jilly, get us a bottle of Jack. Great to see you, Frank. Sounds like Bugsy was fully immersed in the show business scene. He was. At one point, he
2: even had a screen test. (laughs) Just follow the script, Ben. These lights are so bright. That's how we do it. It Feels weird with all this makeup on. You look swell. We ready to roll? And... action. But starring on the silver screen was not in the cards for Bugsy Siegel. No? No, it was a gangster's life for him. And he was about to meet the woman who would change that life forever. Forever.
5: We'll return to our story in just a moment from the ParCast Network.
2: And now, back to Unsolved Murders. There are different versions of how Bugsy Siegel met Virginia Hill. The woman who would become the love of his life. Some say it happened on a movie set. Quiet on the set. Who's the dame in the corner? Others say it happened at a Hollywood party. George, you have to introduce me to your friend here.
4: Oh, me and George are more than just friends.
2: There's even a version where they met at a Brooklyn nightclub. Can I buy you a drink?
4: Mister, you're gonna have to buy me a lot more than a drink.
2: Oh, so that's how it's gonna be?
4: I don't know, you tell me.
2: But however it happened, after their first night together, Virginia Hill confessed.
4: That was the best sex ever.
2: But who was Virginia Hill? A great question. Born into poverty in Alabama in 1916, she made her way to Chicago in 1933.
4: I didn't even own a pair of shoes till I was 17. And then I only got them to run away.
2: Where she got a job waitressing at the World's Fair.
4: I'll be right back with your drinks.
2: Others say her real job was as a prostitute.
4: What do you say? Want a date?
2: Either way, she caught the eye of wealthy bookmaker and gambler Joseph Epstein.
5: Apparently, she caught a lot of eyes.
2: She did. But more than just a bombshell, she was a power player in her own right. Virginia, I need you to pass along a message to a friend.
4: Sure thing, Joe.
2: First used as a courier for mob communication, eventually she began running drugs and laundering cash. I gotta give you credit, Virginia. You got a knack for this.
4: I got a knack for a lot of
5: things, Joe.
2: In many ways, she was a classic gangster's mole. She was involved with various mobsters from Chicago and New York.
5: A mistress to the mob.
2: Exactly. And there were rumors.
5: What rumors? Well, hello, gentlemen.
2: That at a Christmas party for Chicago gangsters, she performed fellatio on everyone in the room.
5: Are you buying that?
2: Well, she was certainly no prude. And years later, there's a story that while testifying before the Kefauver committee, she was asked a question behind closed doors.
1: How did you possibly get all these men to give you so much money for so
2: long a period of time?
4: Because nobody gives better blowjobs than I do.
2: That's why. She was fun, and a wild card, and a criminal mastermind in her own right.
5: So Bugsy was almost meeting a female version of himself.
2: In a way. How you doing, Flamingo? He called her Flamingo because of her long, skinny legs.
5: Why'd you make me wait so long?
2: And their relationship was intense, but volatile. Does not matter? I'm here now.
4: <laughs> There's a way to treat a lady.
2: Get over here. Oh, Ben. Even as he was getting more involved with Virginia Hill, there was still work to do. In November of 1939, Bugsy got a call.
1: Ben,
5: we got a job for you. Yeah? It's Big Greeny.
2: He's gotta go. He had been ordered to hit Harry Big Greeny Greenberg. Why? Because Big Greeny had reportedly been informing to the police. Bugsy, along with three associates, met Greenberg outside his apartment in Los Angeles.
3: Hello, Harry. Ben. No, you don't have to do this. Sorry, Harry, but you've been ratting us out.
2: It's not true. You know how we feel about rats.
5: Another successful hit.
2: But was it successful? Yes, Greenberg was dead. But soon there was pressure being put on one of the other mobsters who was there. You're looking at a lot of time. You can help yourself here. And he agreed to testify against Bugsy.
5: Another mobster agreed to testify against Bugsy Siegel? That's right. And suddenly, the police had a case. Benjamin Siegel, you're under arrest for the
2: murder of Harry Greenberg. This is a mistake. Despite all he'd done, Bugsy Siegel had avoided conviction for any serious crime. We got you, Bugsy. Don't call me that! And now that streak was in jeopardy. He was behind bars and facing prosecution for murder. On the next episode of Unsolved Murders, Bugsy Siegel has to deal with the Harry Greenberg murder. You gotta get me out of here.
3: I'm going crazy in lockup. We got you the food and the ladies. I'm still sleeping in a jail cell. It's not gonna be easy. They have witnesses. I'll take care of that. You just make sure we get an acquittal.
5: He gets more involved with Virginia Hill. What do you want to do tonight?
4: The Brown Derby? The Trocadero?
3: tired of those places.
4: Come on, Ben, let's have some fun.
3: We have lots of fun, just the two of us. Let's go down to Mexico and get married. He works on his dream to go legit. Mo, why is construction on the hotel taking so long?
1: They're working as fast as they can.
3: We have a grand opening schedule and we're not going to be ready.
5: And it all comes crashing down on a fateful night in June, 1947.
2: Anything else, Mr. Siegel?
3: No, thanks. I'm just going to sit and read the paper for a bit.
5: Oh,
2: very well, sir. Don't forget to subscribe to Unsolved Murders True Crime Stories on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory.
5: Or through our website at parcast.com. That's P-A-R-C-A-S-T dot com.
2: A new episode of Unsolved Murders comes out every other Tuesday. Let us know what you think and join the conversation on our ParCast Facebook page.
5: You can tweet us at ParCast Network. That's ParCast, P-A-R-C-A-S-T, Network.
2: We thank you for listening.
5: And we hope you'll join us for the next installment.
2: If you enjoyed this episode, tell your friends. I'm Carter Roy.
5: And I'm Wendy McKenzie.
2: We'll see you next time.
5: If we live till next time. Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It's produced by Ron and Max Cutler, digitally engineered by Ron Shapiro, and written by Stephen Delello. Unsolved Murders, True Crime Stories, stars Carter Roy and Wendy McKenzie. The amazing cast of voice actors includes, by alphabetical order, Mike Capozzi, Stephen Pinto, Gregory Polson, and Vanessa Richardson.